and welcome to a video summary of An Inspector Calls by J.B. Priestley. Uh, of all texts that you have to study, usually at GCSE level in secondary school, uh, I would argue that this is actually one of the more simpler literature texts to try and understand. And once you wrap your mind around the key characters, the key themes and uh, context, as well as, you know, how to tie that all into an answer there is absolutely no reason you shouldn't be getting you know a fairly high level seven or level eight kind of answer uh, in your response therefore um, I've made a video just summarizing all you need to know about inspector calls and this is the first video focusing on the key plot as well as context when you're considering this play so just a bit of background about An Inspector Calls. Uh, this was a play written obviously by J.B. Priestley and it was written and first performed right after the Second World War, so 1945. And this is important when you're considering context because uh, when you are writing about it, the play itself is based uh, prior to the First World War and it was Priestley's way of critiquing and criticizing a lot of the social inequalities at the time. Uh, but interestingly enough, obviously, it was uh, performed after the Second World War. And part of the reason when you're considering why Priestley wrote this after the Second World War is he, you know, witnessed the carnage that was caused by the different wars. And part of it was uh, it was very easy to note discontent among the working classes. And perhaps one way in which to avoid future wars, at least from his perspective, would be to kind of create a fairer society. So this play could also be interpreted as Priestley's way of essentially telling the audience at the time, look, if we want to avoid more wars, particularly, um, you know, uh, considering the two wars that we've been through, one of the ways in, in which to do this would be to essentially grant more rights and also more protections to people from the lower classes. So this play takes place in one night in 1912 in a town in West Midlands, not London. So that's a common error that's made by a lot of people. Uh, and it's in the home of an upper middle class British family who are called the Burlings. And the play became famous because it puts forward Priestley's socialist views. So as I mentioned, obviously he sees um, a lot of issues with British society at the time, which was very classist. Uh, the upper classes had a very, very strong say and influence on the working classes who were in many ways mistreated. And it's a critique of the way society was ran during England's Edwardian period, but even earlier, the Victorian periods. So just a brief summary, uh, the play opens with the Burlings having a dinner in honor of Sheila and Gerald uh, who are engaged. So Gerald Croft, as uh, the son of another wealthy uh, upper class family and essentially him being engaged to Sheila Burling is uh, a very useful uh, alliance that um, Arthur Burling, the father of Sheila, sees as incredibly critical to pushing his business interests forward. And so Arthur Burling later sits with Gerald and Eric, his son. Uh, he talks about capitalism and how the family business is doing. And then uh, essentially the play um, uh, progresses when a maid enters and essentially tells them that an inspector from the police department is there to speak to author. And so obviously this is the inspector. So the inspector introduces him as Ghoul, which obviously rhymes with G-H-O-U-L, like a ghost. Uh, and that's really interesting because when you think about it, it's in many ways a very deliberate attempt by 
uh, J.B. Priestley to start creating some form of tension and underlying suspicion amongst both the audience but also within the characters. Uh, so this inspector says he's investigating the suicide of a girl called Eva Smith. Uh, he shows Arthur a picture and he recognises her and said that she used to work for him but she was fired for leading a strike for better conditions for workers in Arthur Burling's uh, factory. Uh, Sheila, uh, Arthur Burling's daughter, walks in. The inspector shows her the same picture of Eva Smith. She recognises her and instantly remembers that uh, a while back she had Eva fired from her job at a clothing store because Eva had smirked at her when she tried on something. Um, however, at this stage, um, she was no longer called Eva Smith. Her name had changed to Daisy Renton. Um, once everybody leaves, um, Gerald essentially um, tells Sheila, so Gerald Croft, that he had an affair with the same girl uh, called Daisy Renton last year. So everybody re-enters. Uh, so Eric, at this stage, has become, become too drunk and has been put to bed. But everybody, including Sheila's mother, Sybil Burling, is there. And uh, the inspector is essentially grilling them. And he asks Gerald a little bit more about the girl, so Daisy Renton, uh, as Gerald knew her. And he admits his affair. He said he thought she was a prostitute. Um, and he arranged for her to have a hotel and a place to stay for the night when he met her. But over time, she became his mistress. Um, this is important when you're considering the characters, because essentially what you can see from the treatment of author Sheila and Gerald is already the upper classes exploiting and using the working classes and obviously Eva Smith slash Daisy Renton is used as a representative of somebody who's become very disempowered as a result of how the upper classes treat them. So going back to the play the summary so Gerald leaves takes a walk to clear his head then uh, the inspector speaks to Sybil, so Sybil Burling, who's author Burling's wife, a uh, very traditional upper class lady. Uh, and she looks at the picture and she says that she recognises her. Uh, so Sybil uh, works for a charity um, and this charity, ironically, is meant to look after the interests of women from the lower working classes. And so when uh, Daisy Renton went to request for money for a baby she was expecting and even told her that this baby was Eric's, so the son of Sybil, uh, Sybil Burling denied that and denied her and she um, essentially thought this was a really horrible joke that sh uh, sh Daisy Renton was playing um, and a lot of the characters by this stage obviously suspect that the baby belongs to Eric and Sybil Burling is highlighted as representing women who at the time actually didn't have very many rights uh, but interestingly enough they never saw themselves as aligned with women from the working classes who so upper class women didn't didn't see themselves aligned with women from the working classes even if they faced similar struggles so Sybil uh, was just as disempowered as uh, Eva Smith slash Daisy Renton the only difference being that she was married to a really wealthy man but at the time you know uh, all it took was just Arthur Burling to change his mind and marry somebody else and Sybil Burling would find herself very quickly in the same position that Daisy Renton slash Eva Smith found herself. Uh, so Eric, who has been absent, wakes up, returns, and we see him um, talking to the inspector and he admits to having an affair with the girl, getting her pregnant, and he recognises the picture. Um, he'd been stealing money from uh, his mother and father to support 
them. So this money, which was meant to be um, going to the family's company, he used that to uh, essentially support this woman he was um, having as a mistress. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, when Daisy Renton uh, actually discovered that Eric... Uh, had been stealing money and so the money that he was using to help her was actually stolen she refused it and again this kind of points the morality that interestingly enough someone who's working class has superior moral standards than somebody who's upper class like Eric. Uh, The inspector essentially tells everybody off saying that they had a hand in the death of Eva Smith. Uh, He then leaves and the family starts to argue blaming one another and putting blame on each other. Uh, Gerald come back, comes back from his long walk and then he uh, appears really triumphant because he says he ran into a police officer on his way back. Uh, the officer tells him he's never heard of a man named Gore. Uh, and the family also starts to wonder if they are really uh, all talking about the same girl. So Inspector um, never showed them the photos at the same time of Daisy slash Eva Smith. He was grilling them individually. Um and they essentially start to discredit uh, Inspector Gull. Um, they also phone the local hospital and the hospital tells them there have been no recent suicides. So it's interesting that, especially when you look at the play and uh, Arthur Berling, Sybil Berling and Gerald Croft's reaction, they're really relieved, really, really happy. Um, but however, it's interesting also that Sheila and Eric have been somewhat changed by this stage. Um, And as the family starts to have a breath of relief, the phone rings uh, and it's the police department telling them that a girl has just killed herself and they're sending an inspector to take a few questions. So that's how the play ends. Um, If you actually think about it, you could potentially argue that the structure of the play is in some ways circular. So it begins with an inspector from the police office um, or from the police Uh, coming in to grill them about the death or suicide of a working class woman and it ends with the police department again calling on the Berling family albeit by phone to essentially tell them look um, a girl has killed herself and they will be coming in to grill them in terms of their potential impact on her Uh, so that's all thank you for listening Uh, I hope you found this helpful Uh, This is essentially what you need when it comes to just understanding the broad and general structure of the play. Uh, In your exam, you obviously will not be required to say word for word what happens in the play. The most important thing is to have a very, very strong and stable foundation, knowing how the characters interact, what role they had in Eva Smith slash Daisy Renton's death. But equally, you know, contextually speaking, why that's important from Priestley's perspective. Uh, Please give a thumbs up to this video if you found it useful and thank you for listening.